for the first time for a Grove Sessions. They've been doing these a long time without me. Mm-hmm. Last week they invited me to be a guest, and uh, they said, we want you to take over once in a while. I said, can I bring guests in? Can I bring friends in, play music, sing songs? And the answer was yes. So I'm here uh, for my first Grove Sessions with Chris DuPont. Hey, man, good to see you. So good to see you. How you been, my friend? Man, I've been hanging in there just like everybody. <laughs> it's a little strange these days, isn't it? Yeah. Simply yeah. hanging in is like... So isolating. <laughs> and it's like the best success you can have is, like, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I made it. I lived yeah. through the day. Yeah, man. For those who've not met Chris DuPont before from previous interviews I've done in previous uh, mediums, I guess, or I've never met him because somehow you've managed to miss him as part of the uh, Ann Arbor Ypsilanti music scene. We should we should kind of back up for those people. I mean, I, I know some of these things. I know you're originally from Grand Rapids. Uh, back then, were you before you came to this side of the world for college, were you a band geek? Were you kind of a... A music guy already or did you yeah i was in the i was in the hardcore scene actually Ooh. yeah not um, not in school clearly there's no hardcore class or you know you know in hardcore marching band no <laughs> no i was in uh, grand rapids had a pretty big like metal and hardcore and punk scene uh, around built around this venue called skeletons and places like that and so i played in some kind of screamo adjacent bands <laughs> at the time and uh I just dropped something. Hold on. It's okay. Um, edit that garbage out. Uh, so at the time, as a teenager, I, I was playing like really loud, heavy music, and um, but I was the guy that kind of secretly just wanted to hide in the corner and listen to Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> you couldn't tell them that though. No, but well, I did tell them that, which was a mistake. Um, but um, I kind of got into doing my acoustic solo, you know, kind of more melancholic, melodic music a little bit by accident. Uh, this is in the age of MySpace, where um, I uh, I made some demos in my basement, and I loved to write, and I uh, didn't fancy myself a performer yet, um, but I started getting bookings off my solo work on my little demos, and so I f- decided, well, I need to figure out how to actually keep up with with this and be a performer, and that started kind of this long quest um, that. Uh, uh, got me playing in front of some really cool bands back home. And then um, I kind of moved to Ann Arbor to go to Michigan and started over, honestly, and kind of entered into this sort of dark folk noir thing that you see me doing now. Hmm. Um, I When I moved here, anyone who's from Ipsy probably knows uh, Matt Jones, Misty Lynn, oh, yeah. Chris Bathgate. Those are kind of my uh, people I was looking to and getting really inspired by when I moved to the region and... Uh, kind of the rest is history. I you know, got a CD on your desk, and, yeah. and we've been talking ever since, and yeah. it's just been a ride. What did you study when you came to UM? I was in performing arts technology, okay. which is this um, kind of... It, it's a, it's, it is very similar to a classical music degree in that you have to do um, piano and theory and ear training just like everybody else, but um, rather than studying a classical instrument, you're studying composing and studio work being in the studio engineering um and so i was really fortunate that i got to do that i learned a lot of cool things and uh and that also really informed what i do in the studio working on my own work and and also records for clients too yeah i bet a lot of people when they think about going to university for music it's Mm -hmm. coming out as a, a trained classical player or something like that but clearly that's not the only options and wasn't the path that you chose and look at you yeah, man, I'm just multi-faceted and very confused. 
But um, I, I took classical guitar and voice um, at the community college in Grand Rapids and studied recording there also, and then um, just decided to kind of woodshed. And then when I moved to Ann Arbor, kind of focused on the studio work and the composing and arranging end, and I'm really glad I got that opportunity. Well, I know you play guitar because you have two here. I know you play harmonica because I've seen you do that. What else do you play? Is there other instruments in your in your bag? Have I oh. seen you play piano? I feel like I've seen you play piano once. Yeah, yeah, I'm a keys player. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm good enough to get through through a wedding or <laughs> okay. one of my own gigs. I mean, I can play piano and keys. Um, I'm into synthesizers and drum machines peripherally, and then I play guitar adjacent things like banjo, ukulele, mandolin, bass. I don't do any of them at the level that I do you know, just standard six string guitar. But um, actually this new record I'm working on, I had to play a lot of those things myself. And I, so I had to kind of teach myself some things along the way. You did it the Prince style where you did everything yourself. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Just lonely and trying <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. What, what have you not learned that you want to learn as far as instruments are concerned? Is there something you'd love to master? Oh yeah. That's a beautiful question. Oh, that's a really nice question. Actually, I would like to legitimately play the banjo. Um, I would love to get my own. I've always kind of like borrowed whichever banjo is laying around. But I'd love to get one that I like and get good enough at it that I feel like I could hang out with other banjo players because it's such a bizarre instrument with like one of like the bottom string being a higher pitch than it's it's just, it's tuned in a way that that strikes me as odd and kind of sparks my imagination. And um, I really enjoyed playing sort of Sufjan-style banjo on my own record, and I'd like to get to know that instrument. Maybe that'll be my, my next quarantine goal. Why not? Yeah. Some spare time. We don't know how much longer, but uh, probably a little bit longer, yeah. Yeah. Got some spare time coming. Yeah. Wave two, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Well, let's now look at your, uh, your musical career, which I've been uh, enjoying your albums. Your most recent album was the Live in Ann Arbor release from 2017. Mm -hmm. Outlier before that in 2015. You had your Anxious Animal release, which really got my attention in 2013, which I uh, I think you updated the artwork since the version I have. I have the uh, probably the Kickstarter version of that one. Yeah, yeah. Changed the artwork. And then the first one I got was Lay No Claim, was that album that you dropped off sometime after 2011. I don't remember exactly when you first dropped that off. Yeah. Uh, satellite on that album. I, sh I really wish you would play that once in a while at your shows because that's that's the one that really caught my attention and made me go, what a great song. Who yeah, is this guy? Thank you. But that's not one you play very often. Uh, and now there's this good news coming out that you've got this record that you've been working on for a while. Well, also good news is I think gradually and definitively your, your talent has gotten better. Your guitar playing is supremely uh, improved from that first album. Oh, thank you. Uh, I love hearing you noodle on the guitar like you were doing earlier. Uh, but uh, I've heard some excellent new things from the new record, which is going to be called Floodplains. Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about Floodplains, which follows two singles that you released. Actually, a, a, a double A-sided single this year. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, what's funny is the double A-side that I put out in March actually has nothing to do with Floodplains. Well, uh, not yeah. going to be on the album? Just no. going to be standalone singles? No, Jawline and the Visitor? Yeah, Jawline and Visitor might get revamped. I feel like they need beats. I feel like they need to go a little... A little more make make you shake your head a little bit more i still mm -hmm. i like those songs um but they kind of came from a moment of inspiration where i was taking a break from the floodplains work um i love this this new record i'm really excited about it um i am there's definitely some uh some mixture of regret and bummer that it's <laughs> just taken me this long but um you know um 2019 2020 really kicked my butt and then it kicked, you know, the rest of the world's butt. 
you know, a little bit immediately after. And so I've uh, just been kind of like the, the timeline got really warped on it. But that being said, it's I really love what it's turning into. I love the songs. Um, I really pushed myself as a lyricist and as a vocalist and as a guitarist. And um, it's got some of my favorite collaborations on it. Um, Nick Gunty of the superstar folk duo Francis Luke Accord. They've toured with Darling Side and Anais Mitchell. They're a phenomenal band. And mm-hmm. Nick is helming the producing and mixing. And so he and I are kind of like working remotely via Dropbox. Um, and he's kind of taking my imaginings and turning this into a really magical piece. What's cool about Nick is Nick has toured with me. He's seen me perform about a hundred times. So he <laughs> knows my voice and my instincts better than just about anybody. And also he imagines things similarly to me. So I think what I think this record is doing differently than the last few is that it really is, you know, it's still the same Chris writing songs that are very thinky and very text centric, but um, it's very imaginary. I'd say that the sonic landscapes on this one are going to make you a lot more woozy. <laughs> uh, it's a lot more, in- yeah, it's a lot more <laughs> indulgent. Um, I feel like there's there's just a broader color palette, and I just did what I felt like doing. You know, um, I had Nick helm the production. Um, I brought in some of my favorite players. I played more things myself, um, more guest vocalists. I've got Rin Tarsi, who's kind of an up and comer that I love to work with. She, we sound. Hands for man, I love her. Yeah, she's wonderful. And then uh, you're actually wearing uh, an Olivia Millerson shirt recently, uh, renamed Olivia Deer. She is singing on the lead single of this record. And um, we have really gorgeous artwork from Emily Petersmark from The Crane Wives. Nice. She did, um, she kind of takes, she has this really kind of brooding art style that is reminds me of this mix of graphic novel work and really primal animal inspiration and and also kind of like religious iconography. (laughs) Like you can tell that she and I both grew up like with like Catholic stuff all over the house because like there's this really spooky painting of me that she did for the album cover that's um, really exciting. I think we're going to do a little Kickstarter backers art rollout really soon for that nice forgive me i've been monologuing but i'm pretty amped about it you're good no it's good this is what we're here to talk about talk about this album i've been waiting a long time to hear yeah yeah and i'm sure the songs that are going to be fully produced have started out with simply the guitars that are mm-hmm. near you and i think this would be a good spot to interject one of those songs what would you like to start with i'm going to start simple i'm going to start with my song jacket yeah. all right christy Ponce here with us on the grove studio sessions at grove studios in ypsilanti Keep my jacket on They don't want me when you're gone I never kept a friend for long But I began to want to On the day that I stumbled Fury dressed in black 
I don't presume to walk your path But if nobody's worthy All is play and nothing is dirty well spent I'm your well of good intent none of it grown or provident but were you bound to find me like a fortune in her own timing we gave in to happenstance and we've barely spoken since Dear, I am sad and unconvinced I was ever good to you But you abide and nothing alarms you We're here in Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Grove Sessions take over. John Bomberator here with Christy Pont and a song called Jacket from the forthcoming album, due out very soon, very, very soon, called Floodplains. Ironically, your jacket is behind you, but uh, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a literal song right now, but I do remember at the beginning of the promotion for this album, you had shirts that kind of made the something fit when you're wearing your jacket, right? Do I remember that right? Yeah, we're still going to put those out. Good. What, um, remind me what the shirt says. It says, I keep my jacket on. Okay, there well, you go. What's annoying about being a jacket guy is no one can read your shirt. And, it's uh, true. Like I, I did this thing a couple of years ago. I would show up at folk festivals wearing my Deftones white pony shirt, <laughs> and it would just look. It would just say FTO and you know a blob of horse. Yes. And it made me really bummed out. I just, I was like, I'm being so subversive here, wearing my Deftones shirt at the folk festival, and no one cared because they couldn't read it. So, um, we just thought that would be a cute thing to do, is make like really narrow text so that you could wear, wear your jacket and read the shirt so that'll be one of the cool prizes that goes to some of the backers looking forward to that yeah <laughs> so the record's been in process for a while we kind of discussed that has the vision of the record changed along the way as your life has changed going through some major things divorce moving pandemic has any of these things affected the final track listing of the record yes <laughs> <laughs> you can yes. answer as, as honestly or, or as well, vaguely yeah, as you'd I, like i did go through all those things i'm and, sorry uh, to bring them up but that's, no, no, that's your really, life hey but, you know who you're dealing with bro and everyone who's watching knows who they're dealing with too so true. um yeah um so actually i was recently reading the the kickstarter description and i'm actually pretty proud i, I the vision did adjust but i mean it was supposed to be this sort of you know songs that began finger picked on an acoustic but then filled out with layers of imagination and things and synth patches and samplers and um and, and while that the electronic thing isn't really the centerpiece of the record it's there's enough that's going to kind of take the ear for left turns that it's going to be surprising um our drummer billy would sometimes play you know three different things and we kept them all in there hmm. um it's a really bananas record i think and um so sonically we kept with the vision i mean lyrically um obviously when life happened just a lot happened to me in that couple of years and um and i just decided i had to follow it and so um there is a lot about memory and delusion and and 
things like that that I'm fascinated with. Um, but the, the subject content um, did expand into some kind of grief territory, some rediscovery of myself territory. There's still um, lots of, it, it's very autobiographical, but in a very like kind of psychological and spiritual way. Um, so yeah, it definitely did have to take some turns. Um, but in the end, I'm really glad that, that it did. Cause, um, there's a handful of songs in there that just needed to be there that had to get written. They really belonged on the record. And I'm really glad that they happened. Would you use the word cathartic for those ones? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> yeah. It is a very cathartic album, but hopefully not overly indulgent. I mean, I really wanted it to still be articulate and useful. Um, your songs are personal anyway, Chris. I mean, they're not, not all of them, but most of them do have some element of you in them. And, and I think that without, as a fan, if somebody's coming in to this being your first record, they wouldn't have any expectations. But in fact, this might get you some new fans having the expanded sound. You never know. I think that's your intention, of course, is to expand your, your fan base. Yeah, thank you. I seem to remember the electronic element being added uh, at one of your shows at the place in Chelsea, that pizza place, and drawing back on the, yes. the, the venue. And you had you'd incorporated some of that well before the album. Um, and I thought, well, this is going to sound really cool. I already, I already like what I'm hearing. I can't wait. I'm still waiting, but I'm, I'm yeah, ready, yeah. I'm ready, ready to, ready to go like everybody else. <laughs> Thankfully, you won't be waiting long. And we'll, actually, speaking of electronica, I mean, we did rein it in to an extent. There's, I'm probably going to have to do a breakout EP or B-sides collection where we just go full bore with it, because um, some of the stuff we were doing around the time you saw that show was like downright clubby. Yeah. Um, which was fun. It was cool. You know, um, I, I love seeing artists like, you know, I'm a big Noah Gunderson fan. Obviously mm -hmm. you graciously invited me to hang with him at that last, um, studio a two session before the world shut down. Yeah. Um, but I was really inspired by what he did with his last record. I mean, he pretty much put the acoustic guitar down except for a few songs and just, it's like loaded with drum machines and synths and Expanded to sound. It wasn't the same record that I started out with. It had nothing to do with the one that I fell in love with him, but I still loved this record. So yeah, yeah. So it's okay to expand. I mean, you look at a career like an Elvis Costello or you know, lesser known Joe Jackson's career has jumped all over musically, but Costello has managed to jump and jump and jump and jump and people mm -hmm. stay with him. So it's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it works well for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Back to your, your, uh, your tracks. Did you have a few that uh, are going to not be on the record that you intended to be on the record? That maybe I know part of the, the Kickstarter promises were demos and things if you got to the hundred dollar level or whatever mm -hmm. it was. So maybe some of those songs still end up in the in the package there. I don't know. What's the plan for the quite possibly. Um yeah, there'll be a big demo folder for people and it's gonna be weird, man. Um hmm. there were some electronic explorations that didn't fully turn into songs that'll probably be in the demo list. Um honestly, Jawline was a contender. We were thinking about putting that one in. It just it it didn't feel like it fit to me. I mean, it was just a straight up, like, kind of like love song, like reconnection song. And so much of Floodplains is just not that. It's really, I mean, it's a record about about uprooting and replanting and, and self-discovery and, um, and destruction, honestly. And so it, that song just didn't really feel like it fit, and it didn't feel like sonically it fit to me. And then I've written a couple new things since we finalized the track list that, you know, maybe could have snuck in, but really feel like they need their own um, breakout EP. I think I think that's going to be the way I go from spring 2021 onward is like kind of sticking to EPs because um, I really want to 
I'm proud of everything I put out, but I think a record every few years is just not the pace I want to be working at. I want to connect with people more quickly. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. We're in the Grove Studio Sessions with Chris DuPont, who's getting ready to put out floodplains. Do you have a date in mind for this yet, or is it just dependent on when all the mastering gets done? Well, here's a big reveal. We do have a date. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at January 22nd Great. of 2021. Uh, that's for a couple of reasons. I am, so we do have a single coming out at the end of October, and then a kind of teaser EP with a few of the songs on it in November. But I didn't want to push a full length this November. Um, I won't get too, I mean, my, my listener base knows who they're dealing with. I don't want to get too <laughs> political, but like, this is just, yeah, I, I didn't want to be vying for people's attention at the top of November this year no. and whether we're, uh, who knows how we're going to feel after November 3rd. I didn't want to be like trying to vie for people's attention just then. But we might need something to look forward to though. Yeah. So therefore, how about a three song teaser EP and not like a full okay. publicity rollout? <laughs> Um, yeah, I just wanted to stay the heck away from like the holidays and the election, and it's always it's always weird planning your life and your music around that. But I really wanted to like give like a small nugget of stuff people can pre-save on Spotify, and that'll be like late November, like right before Thanksgiving, and um, and then let all that digest, and then do like the full record rollout in January. And we've got some really cool stuff planned for that. Um, you know, won't feasibly be able to tour. Um, but I'll be doing some really cool um, high-production streamed shows for Good. sure. Uh, we're already kind of getting all the plans together for that to make that happen. We're getting people excited about a record. that If they haven't already pre-ordered, how can they get in on the, on the fun? Can they go through your website and find a way to link to pre-save it in some way, shape, or form? Is that a thought process you've gotten to yet? We will have pre-saving <clears throat> up. Um very soon. Um, and yeah, my website's a good place to keep in touch with me. Instagram is actually a great place to keep in touch with me. I need I need positivity in my <laughs> social media. You should give your website out, sir. My website is chrisdupontmusic.com. Or, thanks to GW, uh, Staten, it's also chrisdupont.com. <laughs> yes. Because he scooped that one he up He scooped for me. my name, too. So Someone else had it for a long time, and he's like, I got your name. Got your <laughs> so, name. It's yeah. yours, buddy. Well, your, your website does have a couple of songs that you did in the Willis Studios, which are previews of the album. Retrieve is up there with Olivia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic video. Love the song. That Thank is one you. of that's the, the lead single, right? That's the one you're Oh, gonna, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. man. Kind of has to be. Yeah. Uh, white Jacket and, and Linen are, is up there as well. Yeah, yeah. White Linen, excuse me. White Jacket. Doing a little crossing of words there. Yeah, yeah. Songs I've heard, songs I really enjoy. For you, uh, what is the process of writing music? Are you one of those words first people or are you more of a, a music and then, oh gosh, I have something that fits this? I'm music first. Um, everybody's different. Um, but I am, you know, pick up, I try to pick up the guitar and find something that grabs my imagination and kind of sing along with it in tongues, if you will, <laughs> just kind of make noises. And usually a word or two will kind of rise to the surface. Um, for me, I feel like songs have to sing well, like the vowels have and the shapes of the words have to feel good for your voice. And um, so a couple words or phrases will rise to the top. And that's usually when I get the notebook out um, and try to puzzle it all together and reverse engineer it. Um, a lot of times I do free writing, um, cherry pick stuff from journals and from streams of consciousness. And it, it ends up kind of becoming a big soup for me. Um, and my, my, it's a bit of a chaotic process, but I kind of just embraced it for this album. I was doing a whole lot of 
whole lot of work in the notebook, actually. A ton of morning page work, just like scribbling down every, you know, every idea that I had early in the morning before coffee. Um, a lot of times I'll free write pages just to like shove one missing word into something. Mm. Um, and also I, I try to keep the, that's one way to keep your vocabulary expanded because I, I feel like as a songwriter, I really wanted to stop just using all the same words that naturally come to me. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, definitely music first, but also like trying to cultivate a good garden, lots of reading, lots of novels, lots of, um, trying to consume good text so that you put out good text. Yeah. Hopefully that's happening. Well, well, jury's out. <laughs> well, I feel like the stories are important to the songs too. Like my one of my all-time favorites is "House," and it's clearly written from uh, giving your sister advice, right? Essentially, mm -hmm. uh, so that's not just a random. Like I had some music, I had to put something with it. It was a purposeful mm -hmm. pairing of what you were doing. Yeah. Do you, does the music come from just sitting in the couch and noodling and like, oh, that's something? Mm -hmm. is, that, is that what your process is? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I'll go in there with the intention of. It, the mood will remind me of something I want to think about. Um, and uh, actually with, with writing a song for my sister, I actually didn't set out to do that. It just, it came together that way and it, it, it was on my mind and I just followed it. Um, yeah, lots of noodling. Um, occasionally I'll have an idea pop into my head far away from the guitar or the piano, but usually I'm holding an instrument and um, trying to piece things together as I play. Do you ever get ones that just come to you fully formed music and words at the same time? Yep. Any of those from the new album? Oh, let me see. Anything you're ready to play? Oh, boy. Or um, pick pick the song that came to you the most easily. Came to me the most easily off that record. Actually, yeah. Um, do it. I'll tell you what. I haven't played this in a bit. Well, then don't do but it. Don't do it. Be comfortable. I want to. I don't want to be comfortable. Okay, let's make you um, uncomfortable. How much more uncomfortable can it be? You're doing an interview with a mask on. <laughs> it's a little goofy. Neither one of us have, has ever done that before. So. Yeah, now you can hear, oh, now the high end is back in my voice. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. Taking it I'm off. a little muffly myself. Okay, let me see. This one hasn't been done in a bit. This song's called I Don't Want to Do This. Uh, this is one of the few on the record that just, I sat down in an hour and just did it. Christy Pont from the forthcoming album Floodplains. Yeah. Christy Pont tuning his guitars because the humidity is changing right now. Getting... Um, yeah, most of these songs took a long time of reflection. This one didn't.
DuPont Grove sessions at the Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. And uh, this is where it's unfortunate that we're on video because I'm you know, trying not to cry a little bit because it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful song, man. Thanks, really, man. really nice. Thank you. Thanks for previewing the album that way. That's, that's, a, that's, that's one I have not heard. I, I've seen you do some of the songs in concert. That one I've not heard. You haven't heard that one yet? No, I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, man. That one's, that one's going to bop a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we went and I, I don't I almost don't want to say it out loud. We went in kind of like a Keith Urban direction with that. Cool. We got like the banjo yeah. and the electric guitar overdubbed. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Well, I was one of the many Kickstarter back- backers, and I want to know how your experience was overall with Kickstarter. Did you enjoy the process? Is it stressful? You know, good experience. Uh, I mean, I'm more worried about my backers having a bad experience with me because this Whoa. thing has been dragging. That was my follow-up question, yeah. so put it in there. How are the how have the backers responded? They've been freaking angels, man. Um Everyone has been really amazing and very understanding. Um, part of that is probably because I was really transparent about what was going on with me. I mean, I had that big family shift that was, thank God that stuff's all incredibly peaceful now. You know, just, you know, um, I, as many people know, I was married to someone I sang with and collaborated with who is just a great community figure around here. And for those that are wondering, like, we get along swimmingly. Everyone's just doing fine. Um, but, but going through something like that is a huge death. Um, so I had that going on, I had some health stuff happen and I kind of just let backers know like, Hey, I can't keep up. Um, here's what happened. Sorry. And, um, everyone was just really understanding. I think people just would rather hear from you than not. Um, so yeah, the backers have been great. Um, and especially now that we're in a pandemic, they're probably just, they got other things to worry about, but um, the big updates are coming to them. My experience with Kickstarter was great. I mean, it's a great platform. There's a reason that if you do Indiegogo or GoFundMe or whatever, and people ask, what are you doing? You're like, oh, it's kind of like a Kickstarter. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? It's the Kleenex of tissues, right? <laughs> exactly. So um, it's, a, it's a very easy system to use. Um, I don't know that I'll do anything like that again, uh, not because of the platform, but just because crowdfunding is exhausting hangs over your head um you got to shove together all these prizes that seem like they'll be easy to create and then you're like oh my god what did i get myself into <laughs> and now that we're in a pandemic man like so there's aspects of those prizes i can't do concerts um, the, the yeah the house concerts are going to be on like iou for a long time i was supposed to do a um we did this last record a uh, sort of a sit down uh, a studio visit where, where a handful of people get to come over and we do a studio party. Like they do like a Q&A with me and the band and with the team mm-hmm. and get to hear the record top to bottom before anyone else does. It was a really cool thing that we did that I think got covered by Mostly Midwest um, last time I did a record. Um, we made a big deal out of it, but this time we just, it's probably not even safe to do. It's probably gonna make a glorified freaking zoom meeting. Like, Hey, who wants to like screen share with me and hear the new stuff? I mean, (laughs) um, so lots of improvising, but, um, I really hope to eventually get to a spot where I'm just doing this out of pocket. Um, just because I, I know how to do so much of the engineering and, um, I have such a good team. I have a studio in my home and, um, yeah, it might just be nice to create stuff without making a big deal out of it. Just like, hey, I completed this. You yeah. may have it. Here you go. Well, I'm sure you didn't spend all this time just to have your your local contingency love it. You're probably planning some sort of a promotional campaign. Did you, did you raise enough money to hire a company to do that for you to help you with the? You know, I'm back and forth on that because at the moment, um, 
I don't have a tour to push along with that. But and the so music can be heard from anywhere, though, whether you push it or not. If you have fans that know you in Indiana, they should still know the album's out. They will. They will. Um, we are going to do, we do have a long publicity plan. Okay. Um, it's, it remains to be seen if I'm going to hire it out. Hmm. Um, we ended up spending a lot more on players and production and artwork than was originally budgeted and it ended up really being the right call. Um, and so that jury's out on that part. I, I know that I'm going to push it harder than I've ever pushed anything. Um, but I also have learned a lot of things along the way um, and have built up a pretty good contact list. So we're probably just going to do what we can to do that in-house. We'll see. We'll see. Everything's changing so quick, you know. Can you talk about any of those things? I know you did, uh, was it Day Trotter or a Paste Session? You did Day Trotter, I think, right? On a previous visit? Yeah. So that's a, to me, that's a big deal, doing a Day Trotter, because that kind of can go to a whole email list that isn't your email list. I get those for a whole bunch of people I don't know their music because I'm on the Day Trotter email list. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So do you have, are you able to line up something like that or a Paste Studios session that would be helpful? Or is that? I really hope so. That's that, on the list. I mean, we're uh, mainly going to just be hitting up all the people that are, um, that love and support what I'm doing already, like all the NPR affiliates that have been so generous mm -hmm. and anyone who covered the last record. And then, but honestly, like my last record, 2015, the music blog world has changed since then too. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a lot of just me on my computer in my undies <laughs> trying to figure it out from the ground Let's up. picture yeah. Chris DuPont in his undies. <laughs> oh, no. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Got weird real quick there, like Bomber. I'm 12. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Well, briefly, a while ago, we were talking about uh, collaborations. You mentioned that Olivia's on the record, Olivia Deer, mm -hmm. as well as Rin Tarsi. Uh, you've worked with a lot of people over the years that I admire. You've uh, helped produce some of their records or sang on their records. Adam Plummeritas, mm -hmm. Abigail Stauffer, Jetty Ray, Coltone Harvest, Dan Hennig, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. You also introduced me to Rin Tarsi not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Katie Van Dusen used to play with you all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, are there other collaborations we can look forward to on this record or other collaborations that are outside of this record I can look forward to hearing? Yeah, um, I mean, so Abigail and I have been dreaming up a little synth pop band forever. Oh, that'd be uh, great. Which I really hope we can pull together soon. Oh, because we've we've done some sort of synthy stuff together on her records and never made it a separate project. <clears throat> um, Luke and Billy and I are kind of dreaming up like a kind of grungy Death Cab esque what? band. That I, sounds crazy. I want to do something loud. Yeah. Um, and yeah, actually, Floodplains does have. Let's see who played on that. Um. I played a lot of stuff. I played more than usual. Um, and um, we brought in a cool string arranger from this great Canadian duo called Citizen Jane. Hmm. Her name's Leah, and she, like, self-engineers, so we had her on the record. Um, and, of course, you know, Billy played a jillion things. Luke played. Um, actually, Johannes Stauffer, who is a housemate of mine, and he is Abigail's brother, mm -hmm. played piano on Floodplains. Um, he and I kind of split the keyboard duties up, but there's this gorgeous grand piano stuff happening that he did. Sweet. Um, and so that that was a cool new collaboration. And he like plays plays with me at shows too, and has a great voice. So um, yeah, the the collaboration pool. That you know, there's some favorites that are you know we're still collaborating with, and then trying to keep keep expanding um i'm producing more artists right now which is a lot of fun can you name anything you're working on i can yeah actually rin tarsi and i and luke jackson we're working on her next record Good. and it's turning out super cool man it's gonna be like a really great kind of indie folk pop record um 
She's so charming in concert. The the arc show that she did, which was their what they used to call Take a Chance Tuesday, that you were part of that band. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed with how that turned out. It was gorgeous, man. She's top notch. And for those that haven't heard us together, we sound we sound really cool together. We do um, I like it? And we we actually met um, singing together at church, and um, we toured together a bit, working on my stuff and hers. And she's one of those people in the car grabs like a ukulele. And it's like, we're going to warm up all the way to the gig. Yeah. And we like run our harmony. I, she's so meticulous. I love working with her. Um, great. And so like, um, uh, we, we've been doing everything we can to like support each other's releases. And I want to say she's featured on like th- three of the tracks on floodplains. Good. And, um, just because it made so much sense to do it that way. Hi, Ren, if you're watching. Hi, Ren. Hope you're, she's like <laughs> fixing houses now and being dope. Wow. So being responsible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. All right, time for another song. All right, sounds good. What do you got? What direction you want to go? Would, would you, you tell me. It's your uh, record. What What would you think would inspire people to look for this record in advance, which is coming soon? Floodlands. What? G- give me the. Is it retrieve time? Is that when you can? Yeah, do let's let's play it. Let's play one of the singles, and then uh, then I'll go. Kind of like branch off from there, you know. So this one. Turned out great, turned out spooky, and I think we're going to try to do like a Halloween release for this one. Such song's called Retrieve. You can uh, hear a, a live version up on YouTube uh, to tide you over until the Spotify version comes out. From the stone of a mountainside Knuckles are twisted from keeping your fist tight Do you let me stay beside you While the creases spread along your brow Separate the bloodlines That weigh your body down
as a phone is beyond fatigue No, nothing is clean if you choose to love I didn't anticipate the ways I'd be undone But on the other side of a breakdown Is a silver lining for you, darling When everything that died in you Is fertile in your garden That song. This is the closest I've sat to you watching you perform that song. I, that is, I love the guitar work on that song. Thank you. Absolutely love it. Love it. Thank you. If this was one of those sort of pretentious greatest hits compilations coming out in your future, and you had to add like one or two new songs, and you had thrown that in there, just hoping that would have been a complete winner. And I, when I put, <laughs> when I put together any kind of a greatest hits package for Chris Dupont, that's going to be like like one and two. Is oh, that one in house? And thank you. And some other great stuff. That, wow, that thank song you. is just a wow for me. Thank you, man. Really That's is. so good to hear from you. Thank no, you. I mean it. You know, I, I, every time you play that one after, the, what's the name of that one? And say, I finally got it now. It's finally sticking with me. Like, let's retrieve. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. Love it, love it, love it. Speaking of guitars, we, we can't go through this week without acknowledging the loss of one of the greatest rock guitar players of our lifetime, mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen. Who, who would you say would be the one that inspired you to, to play guitar like this? Like this? Like this. So I have a handful of favorites, but um, what really got me... Wanting to play stuff like what I just did was Ben Howard. Mm. and wow. He's a relatively new guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, I was listening to people that, like like Nick Drake mm-hmm. and um, Leo Kotke and oh, people yeah. that went on to kind of inspire Ben. Um, and there's definitely people that have been doing the tricky guitar thing for longer. But um, just something about the way that his voice dances with the guitar and, and sort of the way that he makes the guitar sing um, really inspired me. And there's like so much momentum behind those parts. Um, it really made me want to dive back into being a guitarist because um, uh, I want to say like Anxious Animal, really guitar forward, right? Lots mm-hmm. of like interesting riffs. And Outlier, I really wanted to focus on being a writer. So guitar wise, it's much simpler. And um, I kind of just grew my confidence back for this record. I was like, you know, I don't care if I get known, quote unquote, known as a, a singer, a lyricist, or a guitar player, because everyone changes their mind what they think I am, and that's kind of cool. Um, I got to the point where I was like, I want to be all those things, and I don't, should. don't care what which thing rises to the top of a listener's noticings. Um, and so I just decided I just I didn't want to hold anything back, and I really to push myself to get to keep up with what I wanted to do. Um, and writing with all those harmonics takes a lot of practice. When you screw it up, everyone knows. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, Ben Howard is a big influence. Um, 
Uh, I'm definitely a John Mayer guy, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised on like Toto and Steve Lukather. Oh, Steve's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, you know, it's funny is and uh, James Taylor, tons mm. of James. Mm-hmm. Um, what about when you were a punk kid? What was, I mean, there has electric, electric guitar inspired there. I don't know that Eddie would have been part of that because it's, he was the original atomic punk, I suppose, the song, but who? Eddie Van Eddie, Halen. Yeah, Eddie, what's yeah, funny well, is I, you know, I I feel really bad. I'm seeing like all the all the tributes coming coming out on Instagram right now, but um, I feel like anything like classic rock adjacent, we usually get that from like our mom or dad. You didn't? I didn't. So and, then, and my dad like uh, my dad just had like a handful of artists he like loved. Like he loved Toto, so we were gonna listen to tons of Toto. He loved actually loved um. Living Color. Mm, cool. Listen to Living Color. Oh, hell yeah. Vernon Raid is one of the coolest, most experimental guitar players ever. And um, so we were really into that band. We were really into like Bonnie Raitt. Mm. Um, slide guitar but, stuff. What's Excellent. that? She's got great slide guitar stuff there. Yeah. She's a monster. So sadly, yeah. there wasn't very much Eddie. And now I'm like, I mean, it's probably time to go back. It's time for me to start with that first album. Yeah. The yeah. first Van Halen. There's some great stuff on there. Okay. He's just, just looking at it as a guitar player, whether that had been an influence on you because all the people that I have on my Facebook feed talking about him just like just just talking about how what a a innovator he was I wonder who inspired you wasn't really going to be part of my questioning because it hadn't happened when I was preparing some of these questions but how can you ignore it really it's one of those important things yeah yeah absolutely well the last uh six months of our lives have been really weird I mean obviously for your career it kind of derails you but how about being a father during a pandemic what is that like it's exhausting. Um, so I'm in a co-parenting situation that's very peaceful, uh, but my kids are with me and my housemates, uh, my musical housemates, um, half the week. And so, I mean, two little boys trying to make sense of the fact that, like, dad's job and their housemates' jobs, like, don't look like jobs, but we do have to work. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, instruments everywhere that are not toys, so that's really hard <laughs> for them to adjust to. Um, I'm taking it one day at a time. We're doing lots of hiking, lots of park walks. I mean, we know the nature preserves very well right now. Um, there's a lot of great ones in, in Arbor, Ypsilanti and Superior Township. Um, and so I, that, that was what I did most of pandemic is just take it a day to find a new nature preserve that I haven't been to before. And I take the kids walking a ton just every day, um, to kind of balance out all the God awful screen time I'm letting them have so that I can survive. Um, do your work. Yeah. (laughs) Or like check a single email or take a nap, maybe. Yeah. You know? But it's bananas. I mean, Leo's five and he's brilliant and he's he's at like a fourth or fifth grade le- reading level. So like it was a real dilemma what to do with him when the Zoom kindergarten became a thing because he's so far ahead. So I'm probably gonna have to become a homeschool dad, which is the good Lord laughing at me because I always like, <laughs> swore I would never be a homeschool parent. You know? <laughs> now the universe is just like screw you, Chris. Here I you like go. how you phrased that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, dating during a pandemic. What's that? Dating during a pandemic. What's oh. that like? Can you talk about that or would you rather not? You don't um, have to. You know? You can skip it. You know, it's, uh, man, it's, what can I say? What can I actually say? On say here? nothing. I'm going to say, I'm going to say nothing. I'm going to say uh, it's, it's, we're all lonely and it's weird. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but, you know, um, I will say, I will say um, that it's really great that now it's very normal to like 
figure out if you can talk to someone well and have a great conversation. It's important. You meet them. Yeah, very important. That's very good. That's 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 been a, a thing I've learned that was very positive, and um, I'm I, I think that. I'm sure that Tinder and Bumble are actually doing better than they expected to be <laughs> right about now. So I don't know. Wear your masks and be cautious and don't get COVID. There you go. <laughs> great, great advice from this guy. Right. <laughs> We're here with Chris Dupont on the Grove Sessions, Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. Um, Chris Dupont, singer, songwriter, producer, uh, dad. Oh, yeah. Former uh, employee of a church music. Yeah, man. Do you have any new roles that you've taken on besides these other roles that I've, I mean, uh, is there I, like... no, am I a worship director no, somewhere you're not, else? No, you're not doing that. I know you're done with nope. that. <laughs> any, anything new, though, that you've like, like, did you have to learn how to do Zoom? Is that something you were already kind of like, oh, this is yeah. easy? Um, yes, I'm teaching guitar and songwriting coaching over Zoom. Really? Okay. I'm loving it. Good. I'm and I don't want to toot my horn, but I'm really good at it. Um, I love taking care of people and um, helping them on their journey, and so um, that's one of my favorite things that I'm doing right now. Um, I still play church music um, at places that are like less populated and masked up and socially distanced. I do go and sub for music directors here and there, okay. which is great because I'm just like. I just feel like Batman sneaking in there. Like, I don't work here. I'm just here to, like, help out, zip out. Because, um, uh, yeah, I was a, a full-time church music director until very recently. And um, it's a very relieving thing to sort of um, – it's a chapter that I'm grateful for. did a lot for me, but um, I'm grateful to be doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> you played a lot of roles in your life on a daily basis. Then. What is your favorite one? Which one do you enjoy doing? Oh man, I mean, I like being dad. Um, I'm trying to like lean into liking it because um, it's it's stressful, and if you don't notice that you like it, you're just gonna be a grouchy, grouchy bastard. Um, but um, I like being a dad. I like. Um, you do have a dinosaur mask. On. I do have a dinosaur mask. I couldn't find my mask, so I'm wearing my my toddler's. It doesn't fit my face very well. <laughs> um, but I love being. Um, you know, I just, I love being, I love getting to go and be Chris DuPont at the times that I get to. Because um, even though I can't tour, I've still gotten to go and do, like, socially distanced outdoor house shows. I've done, I did Tiny Tops, which was a great, shout out to Ann Arbor Summer Festival for, like, doing that. Finding a way to make it work. It was so cool, dude. And to be honest, like. We made like really good money too. Like it was like I'm not trying to make that about that, but like it, it's really nice when like you can do something like that, and it like really helped pay a couple bills during a hard time. Because I got to do I want to I did like seven wow. of these little private shows, nice, and it was great. Um, and um, I love chances to get to do that and to go and just be just be me. Um, and um, now that I'm like not covering like three to five you know church services a week which again that's that's the thing i'm grateful i got to do kept me in great rehearsed or you know in a rehearsed manner kept my voice in shape but it's really nice to just like perform as myself like when i show up somewhere i'm generally just being chris i'm not being a placeholder and um that's just really freeing and very very refreshing right now what about the producer role? Is that something you want to do more of when you're not busy being Christy Pont, singer-songwriter? I think so. Yeah, I do enjoy it. 
Um, You've produced a few, quite a few things already, right? I have, yeah. I have a pretty long... Um, your, your website has a whole bunch of pictures. A little, little portfolio <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I want to get better at it because it's always been a thing that I love to do, but I, it's it's something that has to get squeezed in among other things. And so I, I don't like that I've not been able to like really be fully attentive to it in the way I think that I should. Um, and so right now I've got like two or three, I've got a handful of clients I'm taking care of right now and just trying to like, you know, make great stuff and a lot of like independent work when they're not around because of the virus. Mm -hmm. um, lots of working remotely, lots of, hey, I did some stuff to the arrangement. Here's <laughs> an email with an MP3. Do you like it? No. Nope. Yeah. Um, but I would like to be doing that more, um, especially as it becomes more safe to be with people more regularly. Um, for, it's, it's really fun to do. Yeah. For those who don't really know what a producer does, can you kind of give it a synopsis for uh, the uninitiated? I have an idea. But oh, myself, sure. But so a producer, um, basically, especially in, in popular music, um, the, there can be many roles that you have to fill, but generally you're the person sort of helping the artist um, make their imagination happen um, in the songs. And um, my role, I'm typically helping them get get organized, get the songs organized, um, uh, and I kind of direct the recording process. So I do a lot of engineering too, which is the actual setting up microphones and pushing buttons and actually recording the music. Um, but there is a difference between producing and engineering. When you're producing, you, you kind of have the overarching vision of the song in mind, and you're sort of you're sort of responsible for listening really well to the artist and hearing what they want to pull off sonically with the song. And in my role in particular, I'm, I'm usually doing, you know, some engineering. I'm doing some of the actual recording and, and setting up and, and I'm playing a lot. I'm typically playing guitar, bass, keys, um, sampler, I'm doing arranging and, and sequencing of like beats and programmed stuff. And I'm also typically the mix engineer, which means I'm actually setting the levels and doing all the reverb stuff and being in control of how the vocal comes across and delivering those final files to a mastering engineer. So I'm kind of doing things kind of from start to finish. Um, and it's, I kind of, I, I try to do for other artists like the, the kind of detail that I would put into my own work too, because I, I have a big, even though I hand a lot of it off to Nick in this case, I have a big engineer producer role in my own stuff too lots of deciding where things go where the back vocals go what um what part goes where um producer is kind of a catch-all um but but i think the difference between like a producer and just an engineer though, though there there's a a lot of crossover on the venn diagram uh, a producer has to really be the kind of the artist's advocate and help them take those songs and to figure out what those songs want to do and help guide the listener through that piece of music. I think if I had your talent, I would love the producer role because I, I mean, I don't have any way to envision how a song should sound, but I have a good ear for what sounds good. So mm -hmm. I, I know that I would really enjoy the process. So I'm, 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 I'm not saying I'm jealous, but I think I'd be yeah, a little jealous mean, of what you do. I hope it's something that you get to try sometime because it's, um, it really is just being someone who has an opinion. Um, now, it has to be a flexible opinion, of course. Yes, of course. Um, um, and I, I try to pride myself on, like, not, you know, not having 
I don't want to be one of those producers that like fights the artist and says, "No, you're wrong about your song that you wrote." Because like, if they wanted to sound a certain way, in the end, like they're right, you know. It's their money anyway. It is their money. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but having an ear and like knowing what you enjoy. Yeah. Um, I've listened to a lot of music. I know what it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. There might be something. Chris Dupont try. sounds good. Chris Dupont sounds really good. You freaking angel, uh, brother. <laughs> So your role as a performer, think about that as your job. What is the weirdest thing about being a performer? Not a producer, not a songwriter, but being a performer. I have, I have an idea what it would be, but what's the weirdest thing about being a performer? So the about being a performer, I think the weird thing about being a performer would be that even if you're like kind of like a relatively, you know, hometown indie less than 2,000 followers on Instagram kind of guy like I am, you're still really public. And I think just as a human being, you're public. Like, I've been to shows where people, like, are, like, like naming ex-girlfriends of mine or, like, like, like if it's a house show, you know. Um, or I'll have people stop me in the grocery store, and, and that's cute. But, like, it, it's and, – and I'm not trying to sound – Look at me, people stop me in the grocery store. No, but it's a thing. I, like, I was wearing a disguise in Kroger long before COVID. Um, <laughs> but but the, the kind of the public nature of your, your life um, is, is very strange. So I sometimes wonder how like bigger artists like Theo and like like our, our Wolfpack boys, like how they're handling it. Because it's, um, um, especially if you're like someone who goes through like a divorce or something. I know lots of singer songwriters, lots of musicians in the Ann Arbor scene have had to like give their press release when they had like a family change, yeah. you know, um, because people don't just want to know the music. They want to know the person making it. Mm -hmm. And so that that's, that's always tricky for me, especially because um, I ride those different worlds. Like I was a church musician mm -hmm. for so long. So I kind of had like a whole base of people that knew me, as like a religious person, um, which I, I am a person who like has faith and believes things, but like I'm not any sort of theologian, right? I'm like, sure. I was hired to sing pretty. I yeah. wasn't hired to like to preach. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't hired to preach. I wasn't hired to like, you know, tell people what to do with their personal lives. And mm -hmm. and uh, um, then you have a whole another audience that only knows you as a singer songwriter and has yeah. no idea you do church. Right, right. right. And so, so like, yeah, and there was a lot of that. Like, like sure. I'd be seen as like. Too, sometimes it's too religious for my um, normal fans and too worldly for my religious fans. Yeah. I, I got, you know, that was a thing that came up uh, in my old job, you know. Um, but um, but you just have to kind of, like, laugh about it and just decide, like, you know, it's kind of fun, like, being out there in the open. I just had to decide what stuff is for me because uh, my songs don't keep any secrets, obviously, <laughs> no, but Not so much. <laughs> I think for me, if I was a performer, the weirdest thing would be that people are watching me and clapping if I do well. Like at my last job, my radio job, you know, I'm in, I'm in a studio by myself oh. talking to a whole bunch of people, but nobody can see me. Okay. And for what you're doing, like everybody can see you on stage and they watch your every move, you scratch your nose. Like, oh, did he just pick his nose? I mean, just all the like the little details. That, really? would, that would be the weirdest thing for me as a performer. Like everybody's watching me. Oh, Stop see, watching me. Performers eat that for breakfast. I mean, we love that part. Okay. I mean, just like, be, like being able to be acknowledged for what you do. Um, and it, it, be, it becomes less about like, look how cool I am. It becomes like, look at this cool thing that's happening. Like I, I created these songs like to show to you and you're paying attention to them, which means like we're in something very, we're in a very interesting relational transaction together. 
and it's very special it's very unifying it's very healing and something definitely cracks open in the universe when you're doing that and um i love performing not necessarily because of what i'm receiving but because of sort of like the unified experience of the song like i get to be putting it out there and sharing it and someone else gets to like trust me enough to get moved by it mm-hmm. and i try to like honor that relationship with a lot of care and a lot of respect so in in that regard that part's cool i think that part is like what makes it special instant feedback that must be nice they like it good yeah. or terrifying if you wrote a crappy one yeah you know? <laughs> chris dupont's here at the grove studios the grove sessions take over here john bomarito getting my first chance to take over and uh, he's got a new record coming out called flood plans we're almost done with our, our little chat here but i would like to hear another song if you have one more you got can it. pull got off it. Um, pull off the mask pull off a song you got it <laughs> um intro this one for me i'm just gonna talk about this while i tune yeah um this song is called sandpaper hymn mm. and it's one of my favorites that's going on the record i have heard this one i like this one too well i like them all but So this is a song about loss um, and uh, I had um, and I think it came to mean different things when I watched the world shut down because we're all experiencing some shade of loss. I've seen loved ones lose their dreams, their savings account, their careers. Lots of people close to me just like had like really cool career plans that got absolutely destroyed and obliterated. Um, during this time some of us used to have a job some of us used to have a job right i mean it's in point my friend shouldn't happen um and um i wrote this after a a family change obviously but like but i I had a a couple really important voices in my life tell me hey when you lose something big like it's up to you if you're going to turn into like a bitter old man or not um, and that, I really took that to heart because when, when you're hurt and when you're injured and kind of feeling kicked, um, it's really hard to see like what good can come out of this. How can I grow? So that's what this song is about. It's like, like may I be someone who opts to grow and to be changed um, by, by, by what's being asked of me. So this song is called Sandpaper Troubled parts 
keeping just out of reach of friends who want to help me Cause I know they see me for what I am But have no heart to tell me I am the circularity of my father's speech Fashions of a mother's rage at every water breach Sandpaper Hymn from the forthcoming album Floodplains. You can find more about that record by uh, getting on his website, ChrisDuPontMusic.com. I assume you have an email list people can sign up for and yes, I do. get an advanced uh, notice of that. I got I to gotta maybe 
incorrectly or possibly correctly analyze that song just a tad bit. If I yeah, may, if go I for it. At least the, the middle part there. Sandpaper Hymn, and I was thinking about, okay, why did he name it this? I heard the song, but I'm going to pay closer attention to the lyrics this time because he's two feet away from me. Okay. <laughs> and I got to the the lyric in the middle, and I thought, ooh, I think I, think, I think I get it. It's all the good that I did, all the things that made you happy. Mm. You're remembering all the bad things, and you're eroding. You're eroding our our good by sand, sanding it away. Ooh. By, by, by making the bad things that I maybe the imperfect side of me that you got to see when, when we were crumbling. I, don't, I love that take. Um, maybe that's wrong. It's no, no, that's the beautiful thing is it's not wrong. What's beautiful is like you're picking up something better than what I wrote. Um, so the, the sandpaper part is, um, the last part, every sanded corner, no, every splintered corner be sanded clean and round. Um, the idea that grief can feel like, like the universe or the higher power or just things that are happening are like a sanding block, just grinding things off of you, just taking away material. And uh, you know, that grating feeling of just like like of losing things or just bumping into hurts. And what I wanted to imagine was, what if I have splintered corners that can be smoothed by this process so that I don't snag people that walk by? Mm. What if the grief is going to make me smooth and take the roughness away? I do like the idea of sanding away the good and only remembering the bad. That is a beautiful take on that. And I think... It's a sad take, but it's... It's potential as you've gone through a difficult time in your life. Yeah, and I, I think that, like, just a disclaimer, I think that, like, we all do that in every relationship. I think that one, this, this here's some, like, possibly trite self-help, but um, one thing that's fascinating to me is that the human brain is just wired to hold on to trauma. It's just how we survive. We're, we still haven't stepped out of being survival animals. And so... Um, that's kind of tragic, but the thing is, like, it takes longer to imprint a happy memory on the brain. That's one reason that if you're going through something pleasing or beautiful, or like, like if you're like with your partner and you're like um, having something nice happen, or you're like taking a walk through the woods and you see a deer or you see the color change, you need to grab that person and stop them and and look at them for ten seconds and make them look at what they're seeing for ten seconds, and you have to slow down because it takes the brain no time at all to imprint bad things. It takes time and patience to imprint the good things. And that's one reason that it's so easy for a partnership to fail. And um, and they don't have to fail. Um, we don't have to be people that just, like, focus on the negative. But it's just w what we're wired to do. Um, so why have you discarded every page of things that I did well? It's like, well, of course you did. You know what I mean? That's what we do. And I think that when I wrote that, I really wanted to just grieve that feeling and have that feeling for a moment but also acknowledge like this is what happens and I got to do better next time. Um, grief, grief is a crazy thing. And I think that how we respond to it um, is what's going to define us. And that's what I'm really hoping for. This is definitely a dark body of work, but I hope that it's redemptive. It's beautiful for sure. Thank you. Final question. Yeah. Are there songs you don't perform anymore? Speaking of lyrics, because the lyrics are too hard to sing. I, I don't know if the cut the tie is one, but that's one I don't hear you do much. That's one of my favorites. And I wonder, do you not do that one because it's better suited for a band and not a solo performer? Or maybe there's something about the lyric that makes you not want to sing it anymore. Um, I actually still love playing that one. Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, other songs that you just can't sing because of the, what, what they were about. Um, I can barely get through Ease the Blow. Um, actually, um, 
And if you want me to play one more, I could dig yeah. out an old one tonight. But I, I, I don't – Ease the Blow is too hard to get through because it's about, like, a person whose funeral I sang at. Oh. You know, and I love the family who um, – dearly love the family that uh, lost this person. And just the song just, like, is – it's just such a heavy place that I can only go back there sometimes uh, just because I think of that family and I imagine them hearing it and just, like, having those – wheels spin again um but none of them have gotten two personal songs that you've written that are so hard to perform because they bring you right back to where you were when you wrote it there's a lot you know what there's a bunch of those on floodplains that i still play yeah because uh, I mean, they're probably still cathartic at this yeah point, right? there's a bunch of them on there that are incredible like there's one um uh there's there's a couple on there that are incredibly hard for me actually sandpaper him is still hard that's to get through. that was hard to get through for me i'm sitting here listening. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but somehow i can do it i mean um at the moment I kind of just muscle through because I feel like it's important. You're detaching from the story that you wrote. Maybe. <laughs> you have to. That's the only way you're going to get through it. Yeah. Well, what were you thinking? You want to do one more? Yeah, actually. Yeah, um, let's do it. You, you kind of inspired me to play this in the parking lot. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm happy that I inspired you because you, uh, you're you an inspiration for me. You gave me something to look forward to today, Chris. I appreciate you. you being here. Really big thanks to Grove Studios. Uh, the whole team here, Eric and Rick and, and Max, who's normally in the seat during this time. Uh, you guys have just been really great in welcoming me to your to your family and letting me do something uh, that uses a skill set I haven't been able to use in a long time. So it's kind of nice to get together with an old friend and, and kind of relight that. Oh, I know how to interview people. I've done this before. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. And this is great because it's like we've done this together before, but it's nice to-, to get to do it long form. Yeah, it's I, very nice. I don't have to worry about. Oh, 20 minutes. Better, better wrap it up. Better, uh, you know, get to the commercials. Play that song extra fast. Yeah, better, um, better uh, you know, not bore people. If they want to pause or they want to stop or come back later, that's yeah. the beauty of this being recorded for later. People watching it live, thank you if you've been with us this long. Thanks again to Chris. And by the way, if you're a musician, you're a podcaster, you're a DJ, this is a great place to check out if you're looking for space to, to do your thing. Mm hmm. Really well-run organization, some super nice people. So check it out, Grove Studios, Ypsilanti. Yeah, and Rick could not be a, a nicer guy. No, and couldn't. also just a great person. To f- one of the lights in the darkness of my social media feed, too, oh, by the God. way. Rick, Rick is a great guy to keep in touch with. He's incredibly supportive of every artist that he comes into contact with. Can't say enough good stuff about him. What did I inspire in the parking lot? Holding it together. Uh, this is a song off Outlier uh, from 2015. It's a song about... Uh, I mean, it's honestly a song about getting your antidepressants dialed in, but <laughs> but it's it's a song about uh, uh, just kind of trying to white knuckle through things, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we can do do more of that. You know, less white knuckling, more more hand holding. I don't know. Here we go. I've been myself I've been a source of peace to you Or anybody else I'm just holding it together I'm just holding it together for you, babe
saying to me better when you can get inside my head I would take the sky above you and paint it bloody red I'm just holding it together I'm just holding it together for you babe Together is Christy Pont, a song from his most recent studio album. Until the next one comes out, January 22nd. Did I get the day right? Yeah. All right. Can't wait. Thanks for letting me uh, preview this with people and uh, giving me a little, little uh, you know, performance right here in front of me. I yeah. loved it. I loved it so much. Thank you so much, John. Such a pleasure to do. Thank you, Rick, and the rest of the Grow Studio staff and all you for watching today. Yeah. All right. Everyone be well. We're going to... Be back with another session in a couple of weeks. I've been in discussions with a couple of people. We'll figure out who's next, and uh, this is something to look forward to. Absolutely. All I'll right. be watching. All right. Be well, everyone.